Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's John Clark at privatepracticeworkshop.com. I'm excited to introduce my guests for today. I'm sitting down with Jeff Fulkerson, founder of Frobro Web Technologies, to discuss um, what exactly is a clear and marketable website for therapists and how you can build one for your practice or how you can have one for your practice. Um, We'll be talking about the value of a good first impression when it comes to uh, private practices and putting people at ease. Um, Jeff, thanks for being here. And um, uh, yeah, what else should people know about you and kind of how you got here and a little bit about your story? And then we'll get into um, uh, talking about uh, therapist websites. Sure. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, Yeah, I've been into computers and websites for uh, as long as I can remember. I kind of grew up with them in high school making websites and everything. Uh, But it's been about seven years now since I started uh, Frobro. and started with web design and then added additional services to kind of support that website. Uh, so I can get into the story there if you want, or I'll, we can start with your questions too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would love to just dive right into um, what you see as some of the most important elements of a, of a website um, uh, for today. You know, a lot of therapists rely heavily on the websites to get, uh, to get clients and to get discovered um, consistently. Um, so they're always hungry for um, uh, more tips and wondering what they might be missing or what's working well. So we can get into to, to that. And also for anyone that's here live or, or, or trickling in, um, feel free to ask questions in the chat and I'll pull them up one by one here for Jeff. Okay. Well, I'd say one of the first uh, things to think about is uh, you have to remember your website is making a first impression for a lot of uh, these people, right? They find you on a search engine, they come to your website, and they immediately make a judgment about you and the quality of your practice. Uh, and so when you're designing your website, you want to make sure that it accurately reflects who you are and what you can do, how you can help those people. So uh, you don't, you want it to look professional, obviously, but you also don't want it to feel stiff, uh, especially for something in a therapy relationship. You want to build rapport and trust. Uh, so there's, you want to think about ways to make your website feel authentic and let people know what the experience will be like working with you. So if all, if your color palette is cold or overly, you know, harsh, bright colors that can be a subtle turnoff to a lot of people, they might not even know why, but subconsciously they might feel more tense while on your site. You want to make sure you have enough white space or, you know, to make sure things aren't crowded and feeling cluttered maybe use warm colors, things like that. So people get the vibe of, okay, I feel comfortable here. This is a nice site. Um, okay. This guy looks nice. It, it's a, it, that first impression makes such a big difference because if it's bad, yeah, they might scroll through it a little bit, but then they'll keep searching. They'll go back to Google until they find somebody else. That's mm-hmm. my first tip. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because, um, a lot of therapists are operating in markets where there are a ton of other therapists and um, it's easy to have a site that's quite generic and doesn't really stand out. Um, It's, it's harder to kind of differentiate yourself. I I think another part is when uh, let's say when a therapist comes to, to get some help from, uh, from people like you, what do you feel like they need? What questions do you think they need to have already have answered or what questions do you ask kind of upfront when you're trying to figure out, um, you, you know, how, how they're going to position themselves in a market and translate that to, to a website. Well, I, I do ask a lot of questions uh, to help understand uh, who they are, how they operate and what's, what makes them different. 
uh, because that's what you need to convey. Like you said, there's a ton of therapists, so you need to show, okay, why you're not like somebody else, why someone should come to you instead of the guy down the street. Uh, and so there's different facets of that, right? There's the personality of the therapist. There's the types of therapy offered, whether that's cognitive behavioral therapy or other supplemental things. Um, so all those things should be on the website uh, to let people know what type of therapist you are, how you work, uh, what type, you know, do you do group therapy as an individual? All that is important and needs to be there. Uh, but yeah, I try to understand who they are so that I can convey that in the messaging to the visitors pretty fast. You know, we'll figure out what that headline is going to be instead of just listing, uh, I'm a AMFT uh, in Los Angeles, you know, click to make an appointment. You can do better than that, right? Uh, it's more about, uh, let's see if we can come up with an example, is my passion is helping couples work out their financial issues so it doesn't mm. cause strain on their relationship. Yeah, okay. that's, a, that's a great point. We, we were just doing this uh, this morning in our mastermind group. We have our, uh, our business made human groups and someone was really struggling to figure out um, kind of my elevator pitch, right? How do I talk about what I do and a format that I gave them or a template would be um, I help blank uh, achieve blank results with using blank method, right? So yeah. I help people. Um, yeah, I help people with this issue achieve this result using this method. Uh, just something as simple as that, you know. Uh, yeah, an example would be, you know, I help, uh, yeah, I help couples reconnect using Gottman therapy, or I help um, veterans break free from trauma using EMDR, something something like right. that, kind of like a, almost like a purpose uh, statement um, can go a long way and can just be a kind of like a thesis for the whole site, right? In terms of uh, what we are and then what needs to happen next and all the other copy that has to, to follow. Right, because people need to know that they're in the right place. Uh, and without that, they're not going to care about the other details. Um, so that's why you have to start there. So they know, okay, this is for me. For sure. Yeah. Some other things I'd say is, mm -hmm. if you, I'll just Please. throw in uh, something as you're designing that site and putting all that information on there, um, I think sometimes we are too logical almost in we're, when we're designing something, especially if this isn't your field, right? So you think, okay, I'm going to have a section about how I can help with uh, you know, depression and those type of thoughts, right? Okay, so I'm going to go find a stock photo of a really sad person because that, you know, depressing, right? That, that fits. Except uh, most people want hope. So I've tend to lean towards putting pictures of what the experience is like. So maybe a picture of a client with a therapist over the shoulder or something of them looking really interested and concerned, and maybe some pictures of the outcome after they've gone through the session, walking out the mm -hmm. door, looking much happier. So you want people to know where they can be and see that the light at the end of the tunnel too. Yeah, big, big companies are really good at doing this, right, and kind of um, uh, selling the result, selling the outcome of of their their product or service. You might, you know, um, do some of describing the, the kind of symptom or the pain points or how this is causing more and more problems in your life and why it's important to solve now. But um, I totally agree that this piece of um, also highlighting the results, having it be, feel very aspirational, 
you know, uh, and I think that's been a shift over the years of, of more and more therapists realizing that a brand like that can be um, uh, more compelling. Right. And th there's a slight balance there, right? Because it is okay to mention what you're helping with, but you don't want to dwell on that. So you mm -hmm. want to mention it so the person knows, okay, that's me. And then quickly move into what we can do about it. Right. That's great. Well, what do you think? Um, uh, so I, I think the other piece is, let's say you have a gorgeous website with great copy, a really clear focus, you're speaking to a particular niche or avatar. Um, and, and then what? So do you guys help with the and then what part? Meaning, how do we get yes. people to this darn site? And if so, yes. how do you begin with that process? Because again, that's a real head scratcher for many of our, our, our listeners. Right. And that's something a lot of people don't think about if they're not, you know, familiar with the digital side of things. So uh, you can't just build a website and they will come, except in very rare cases. Uh, so that's step one is making sure it's going to be that great impression, like you said. So they've got all the imaging, the messaging all in place. You just have to get people there. So a couple of ways to do that. SEO is search engine optimization. That's kind of the organic way to do it. Um, that there's different types of SEO. There's the technical side where you make sure that you have your sitemaps in place, you have uh, your robots.txt file so the search engine can actually look at your site the right way and find what it needs to. Uh, but then there's the on-page SEO for individual pages, uh, which is how you tell Google what that page is about and what it should rank that page for when people are searching for things uh, on their Google search bar. Uh, and then on top of that, there's off-page SEO uh, which is when you're getting backlinks from other sites, uh, maybe guest posting somewhere uh, or in a directory of therapists, something like that that links back to your site. And the reason this all matters is because Google has to decide what to show someone, right? When, mm -hmm. when I'm searching for couples therapy in Orange County, how does Google decide which website is more helpful than another? Uh, and so it does that by relevance. So that's looking at the on-page stuff, the keywords that you have in your title and header tags. So it knows what the page is about, but then it also looks at authority because it's got a lot of pages about that thing, but that's where the backlinks and such come in. Uh, the more other sites that you have linking to you, that tells Google, okay, this is a good website that people like to reference and point people to. That means it's helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send uh, my searchers to this page. Yeah. And it can take a while to build up that authority if you have a new website, uh, which is why you won't always see results overnight. Uh, yeah. Typically, there is some low-hanging fruit you can do with on-page stuff to help your relevance. Mm -hmm. um, but you, if, if you want to go that route, you do need to kind of make a plan, a content plan for your blog, or have somebody helping with the keyword research or the guest posting activity so that mm -hmm. over time you're going to be building up your authority in the eyes of Google and you'll slowly climb up the ranks there. So I think a piece that a lot of therapists miss or uh, don't focus on is the off-page piece, right? Especially right. the backlinking piece. And um, I guess there's also some question around how much is enough or what kind of market am I in for the therapist in Los Angeles or, you know, Manhattan? Um, how much is enough compared to the therapist in a rural, you know, market to just say, um, yeah, I do anxiety therapy in this little town. And, um, um, and sure enough, three, six, nine months down the road, you might be at the top of page one, depending on how desperate Google is for resources, right, to meet those demands. So, um, yeah, how do you kind of figure out how, how much is enough and how hard to push? 
Uh, that's that's the million dollar question, right? And I think the answer is, is it depends. Uh, like you said, if you're in a small town, you probably don't have as much competition. So as long as you have the name of your town on your website and what you do, when someone searches for, uh, you know, rural town USA therapist, you're going to be the only one, or you'll be at the top of the list. Uh, but if you are in a larger place like LA or New York, um, then you have to really niche down. Um, and that just means figuring out who you serve uh, and why, very specifically what you're offering. Um, that's So when you look at search engine optimization, optimization you hear about uh, uh, keywords, right? But it can, a keyword is actually a keyword phrase. You can have multiple words in the phrase. Uh, and so you're going to have a really hard time ranking for therapists, right? Mm -hmm. Even couples therapists. So you need to get really specific so that your page is, you know, couples therapists for interracial, mm -hmm. you know, and financial struggles, something like that. That's called a long tail keyword. So it's a, mm -hmm. it's a phrase, but that's still something that someone might search for potentially. Uh, and that's a lot easier to rank for that because there's not yeah. as many websites talking about that thing. I think that part's huge. I mean, uh, my group practice is here in San Francisco where I live and, um, you know, we really look for um, those long tail keywords. Yes. And also keyword phrases that are going to have more high intent. So for instance, we do EMDR and if someone is typing, what is EMDR? Um, that's a, a very specific search phrase, but it's also not a, a high intent phrase in, in, in our experience, right? It's someone who's at the beginning of figuring out, trying to figure out what is EMDR, right? Just like if someone was Googling, you know, which, um, what is an antidepressant or different types of antidepressant right. versus, you know, psychiatrists in Orange County near me or whatever. And so um, for something as specific as EMDR, you know, we have really great results um, when people are searching, you know, that next step of EMDR therapist near me, EMDR therapist, Noe Valley, San Francisco, you know, the neighborhood of San Francisco. And um, they know what they're looking for. They know what EMDR is. Um, or they're searching, you know, EMDR for trauma or PTSD, whatever it might be. And um, it's a very, it's a much more high quality lead, you know, that then is going to have a better conversion rate too once we, um, once it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, because those people are thinking of a Wikipedia article. That's what they want to yeah. see, right? So there's two approaches. You can either rank your pages for, uh, like you said, the other things, uh, EMDR in San Francisco, uh, or you can build a page that answers the question, what is EMDR? Go in depth and try to rank it so that people end up on your site. And even though they wouldn't be booking an appointment today, mm -hmm. now they've heard of you. And as they're doing their search, if you come up again later, they're more likely yeah. to be like, oh yeah, I've seen them before and get kind of start building that trust and brand awareness. Yeah. Uh, and you can actually combine that with, if you're running paid ads, this is something now you can retarget those people who have visited your site before. Um, and start kind of dripping it's a great point things to them over time it's a, it's a great point i mean even looking at like um the the answer boxes i'm not sure what they're called on google of mm -hmm. um if someone is asking what is emdr and the little drop down um at the top of search results i know a lot of companies will go for those because it's a high traffic source and kind of a high credibility um you know moment Right, because it's important to show up at the top of results. Uh, I mean, if you're ranking on page two, it's it, nobody's going to see you. Uh, there's you know jokes about where do you hide a dead body? The second page of Google. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> uh, 
nobody nobody goes that far they they stick to the top few yeah so um yeah doing those question boxes there's if you use proper schema on your website you can actually have uh your site show up with that proper formatting in the mm -hmm. google search result so nice. little things like that can be done pretty easily and especially if it's specific questions mm -hmm. that maybe haven't been answered before um yeah that's cool. a great way to go <clears throat> We've got a question that's quite relevant to this. Uh, Shane asks, can you explain what the importance of headings uh, are for a website's SEO? What's the difference between uh, heading one and heading two on the homepage, or I would say for, for any page, H1 heading versus H2 headings? And then uh, again, if you're here live, feel free to start asking your questions here in the comments and, and Jeff and I will start answering them. Um, yeah, Jeff, what are your thoughts? Uh, that's a good question. So Google cares a lot about the title tag and heading one, H1 tag. Uh, it does look at the other headings as well, H2, H3, uh, and so forth. Uh, title and H1 should have your primary keyword in it. Um, those that will tell Google very quickly and easily, this is what this page is about. This is what I want this page to rank for. Uh, the H2, H3, H4, that's just um, section headings, essentially. So Google looks at it to know, okay, this section is about blank, this section is about something else, but it's less important to Google than the H1 and the title tag. So that's actually some low hanging fruit. Go through your website, especially your homepage, and uh, see what your title tag says. If it says home, you know, John the therapist, that's really not helpful. So change it from home to something like uh, we talked about before, you know, financial therapy for interracial couples with John, something like that, that's specific that someone might be searching for, and then work that into your H1 tag as well. H2 and H3, just, you know, whatever the section is, you can use that to be descriptive, but that is uh, not as, as important to have as the title H1 tag. Yeah, I think of it kind of like um, this, there's a hierarchy or um, if Google were glancing at your site from, you know, 15 feet away, H1 is kind of the biggest heading that you'd want them to see, uh, followed by the H2, uh, heading. That being said, um, this might sound kind of basic, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the biggest text on the page. It's uh, <laughs> it's just the way that that text has actually been allocated. Uh, for instance, a lot of our you know listeners use WordPress or Squarespace, but you know stylistically, it might be you know some of the smaller font, but it's still assigned as your H1 heading. You could adjust that in either the universal settings of your website or maybe just for that page, um, but just uh, it's not necessarily just the biggest on the page. Correct. The, usually in page builders, they have a default style where it is the biggest, uh, but like you said, you can change that. Uh, one other thing I'll mention is make sure you don't have more than one H1 tag. Uh, if you have more than one H1 tag, that typically means there's a problem and that can actually potentially hurt your ranking. Uh, you can have more than one H2 or H3. Those are fine, but you should only have one H1 tag. Great stuff. we got another one here. Um, a good question from Sarah. She says, what are uh, hidden places I can add SEO words into my site without flooding my site with those words? Uh, <laughs> Interesting question. You know, Google works really hard to make sure it's not being tricked. Uh, over the years, a lot of people have tried to keyword stuff their pages so that they'll quickly jump to the top of the rankings. And that used to work a lot better in the past, uh, but Google catches on to things pretty fast and it's uh, pretty good about figuring out when someone's just trying to game the system or not. 
uh, and it's not a long-term strategy. So you want to put it in uh, where it makes sense without overdoing it. Uh, but you also, like we talked about, make sure you're not missing opportunities for putting it in there. So get it in the title on H1 tags. And as you're talking about it, yeah, occasionally you can rephrase what you're saying to make sure that keyword is worked in there. Um, and if you're adding blog posts, use the keyword in your links back to your main page about that topic. Yeah. So if you have a service page and then you're writing a blog post about why it's good to have this type of therapy, link back to that page using that keyword. Um, so that's an internal link that, again, tells Google, hey, this page over here is more authoritative on this keyword. So you're actually boosting your own rankings from your own uh, internal site. It's, it's not exactly the same as a, a backlink from another website, but it's in that same vein and uh, still helpful. Yeah, there's an art and science to it. And Google also cares about um, uh, readability, right? And yes. they have uh, their their creepy crawler bots have um, the ability to kind of see how your page actually reads or does mm -hmm. it read in a way where a human would find it informative. Google's not sitting down and reading every page you have, but that, that part is important too, right? So if you have the keyword phrase, you know, couples therapist Nashville in every fourth sentence, that's not going right. to be very readable. Therefore, you're not going to be deemed as very trustworthy um, and, uh, and and could even kind of be demoted in, in Google's eyes, in my opinion. So has to be, you know, has to be clear, but not, um, you can't be too needy about it, you know. Right. And there are tools, if you're going to be doing this yourself, I'd recommend paying for a tool like Surfer SEO or mm -hmm. like, there's a bunch of them. And what it does is you can put in the keyword you want to rank for uh, and it'll give you suggestions like, okay, your content needs to be at least 800 words or you need uh, XYZ to beat these other guys who are ranking for the same term. And so it gives you a lot more context and insight into what you need to do to improve that page. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that I like to use on my end is <clears throat> is hrefs uh, which you can use yes. for both finding you know keyword phrases but also i really love to monitor our actual rankings especially you know the first couple of years that in in a, a dense market like san francisco they can be pretty volatile so we can gain and lose positions um mm -hmm. very quickly and very often um but it's also exciting just to see tangibly what kind of results are we getting um and what keywords are actually getting us traffic and again, is it the right kind of traffic? Is it in the right geographic area to make sense for us and actually generate revenue for our business, right? But I just really love, um, you know, tools like that. I think it's 99 bucks a month or something for the basic plan. But um, yeah, if you're handling this stuff um, uh, or if you're, yeah, yeah, I just think having that data is, um, is really key. Yeah, the Ahrefs site is amazing. They do have some free tools as well, but the paid one gets you a lot more insight. Uh, you can look at competitors and find the pages that they're ranking for the keyword you want, look at it, and then you can do it a little better, right? Add, you know, make their guide now an ultimate guide, and you add a few more steps and just try to outdo them. And that's that's actually you know a pretty simple way to boost your your ranking. Yeah, hundred um, <clears> percent. <throat> another question here, and this is great, guys. Definitely keep the questions coming. Kara uh, asks, "Can you speak to using keywords for my uploaded photo titles for my Google My Business profile? What should I be labeling them to rank higher in Google searches?" So, for Google My Business profile, uh, they've made a lot of changes recently, so uh, they don't care as much about those type of details. 
they're looking more at the services that you offer um, and where you are and your reviews and things like that. So yes, it, it's never a bad idea to use keywords in your photo titles. Um, it's especially on your website. It's always a good idea to do that. Um, but I'd say don't spend too much time trying to go back and change all your Google business profile photos to use that if you haven't been doing it. Yeah, I think for me, Google My Business is, again, one of those low-hanging fruit uh, kind of opportunities, mm -hmm. um, especially if you don't have organic traffic to your site yet. I think it's very underutilized by a lot of people. Um, also, you can tell my two-year-old just woke up and she's being a, a crazy person upstairs. So I apologize if anyone's hearing that, but this is life working from home. Um, yeah, I just think you can get a lot of mileage out of it and potentially a short period of time um, by being very descriptive with your listing, by having photos in the right categories. Um, uh, there's another you know, service called Bright Local that we've used. They have a citation builder where yeah. you go on and they will cr create citations for you in 50, 75, or 100 listings across the internet, listings you've never heard of. And again, that kind of like creating a web, it has this effect of um, giving your Google My Business listing a, a greater authority. And so little things like that can go a long way. Yeah, and for people who aren't familiar with Google My Business profile, uh, if you do a search for something and you see that little map box with about maybe three businesses listed and a couple of reviews, that's what we're talking about. That's how you end up in that box. Uh, and Google actually changes the results of the search that it shows you based on your geographic location. So if I'm sitting in Ontario, the results that I search uh, get for the same exact keyword search from sitting in Los Angeles, you know, you're going to see different entries in that box uh, because Google knows, Hey, here's where you are. This is probably more relevant to you. So that's why it's so powerful to have that profile so that people down the street can find you and go to you over somebody else. Great stuff. Um, Jeff, we got a, a little bit of time left. Um, well, I got another question here about Google My Business. Um, so we'll keep going with these. Um, James asks, should I be adding videos to my Google My Business profile or my website? Does one matter more than the other? As long as the videos are helpful to people, people are going to spend time watching them. Uh, so if you're just making crummy videos that are there so that you can try to rank higher, it's not really going to help. Google cares about how long people are staying on your site and looking at the content that's there. So if you put videos, make them good, uh, and then people will link to it, people will watch it, and then that will help. That's great. Very. That's, that's a great answer. And um, yeah, very, very clear. They, engagement, again, you're, if you just try to think like Google for a second, people are on your site longer, getting the type of information that they were looking for based on their original the, the keyword phrase that got them to your site, you know, are you being helpful and informative and, and, and authoritative, right? Are you showing them, uh, Hey, we're an authority in this, uh, um, in this area, uh, you're going to get more relevant traffic as a result. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things that you need to get right on the technical SEO side so that Google can find you and rank you. But after that, uh, if you're doing things that will help real people, Google is doing its best to try and replicate that and figure out what's going to help those real people. So don't worry about trying to find the magic bullet of, okay, if I had four videos and, and then two images and this one keyword here, then I magically will rank it number one. It's more about providing valuable content that people will use, that people want to share and link to and spend time on so that 
you know, Google sees, okay, this is helpful. And so I'm going to recommend it to people searching for that thing. Great stuff. Um, that's all the questions I have at the moment from our, our listeners. Jeff, what do you feel like we've kind of missed from the conversation so far? Any pieces you want to make sure therapists really you know, walk away with from today? And then, of course, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how, um, how, how your company helps specifically with therapists and, and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, I don't know if we talked about making sure you have testimonials on your website. Uh, even if you know, you can change the names of the people and you can make that clear when you're asking for reviews. Uh, if people are sensitive about sharing their experience because they may love you, but they might not want to put their name on your site. So um, ask for those reviews and say, hey, you know, I'm going to put a fake name and then put them on the site. That still helps because it, it lets people know there's real uh, people that have gone to this therapist that trust them and that recommend them. Uh, and Google actually likes seeing testimonials and reviews as well. Uh, that can help your ranking. Um, other minor things I'd say, avoid pop-ups when you can, especially don't make them come up first thing when you hit the page because it's very annoying and uh, you don't want people to feel annoyed when they visit your website. Uh, remember, you want to be helpful. So if there's a way that a pop-up can be helpful, maybe after they've scrolled to the bottom of the page, now it's time for a pop-up that gives them some next steps or a free resource. Okay, sure, but don't like, immediately as soon as they're on the page hit them with a pop-up uh, make sure your hosting is quick uh, if the site takes a long time to load especially on a phone and somebody's roaming uh, that can be a turn off or they might just you know move on never come back so little things like that it, it doesn't take that long to make sure that the site is running in tip-top shape uh, but it gives a much better experience for the visitor and again it all leads back to that experience that first impression you know, whether they think about it consciously or not, whether you like it or not, people are going to judge you based on your website. So take the time to make it authentic and an accurate re reflection of you and how you help people. And that'll be the best thing you can do in the long term. Great stuff. Uh, Jeff, it's been great and very informative. Um, and uh, like I said, maybe you can lead us out with just, again, how, how you guys help with all this stuff and how people can uh, reach out and, and get some help from you. Sure. Well, with my company... Uh, the hosting we offer, we do WordPress sites, uh, but our hosting takes care of all that technical stuff so you don't have to worry as much about it. So it's fast, we have caching enabled, we do the backups for you, we do security scans, make sure you're not hacked. Uh, we can set up your email for you. Branded email can be a helpful thing. So instead of you know John the therapist at hotmail.com, you're now uh, John at johnstherapy.com. Uh, and again, it's just another little thing that people recognize okay this guy is for he's legitimate he's here to stay etc uh so we've got that uh if you want to build a site with us like we talked about before i asked a lot of questions to understand who you are what you offer that makes you a little different and then we will do the work of creating that messaging for you uh with all those design elements that we talked about and making sure that we have the best site possible uh, and then if you already have that site, we can help on the SEO side where we will be generating content for you every month. We will be getting you backlinks every month uh, and building up your Google My Business profile uh, so that, again, you can focus on therapy and we can help with that. Uh, but everyone's at a different point in time. So if you need to start doing it yourself, great. Uh, when you're ready to have us come in and help hand off some of that stuff, you know, we're here and ready to help with any of that. 
Awesome. Jeff, thank you again. And uh, for those listening, we'll add links to um, to Jeff's site in the uh, description and everything. It's frobroweb.com. And um, they would be happy to talk to you guys and, and help you out. So uh, again, Jeff, thanks for, for being here, for answering a lot of listener questions. And um, yeah, hopefully some folks will reach out to you for for some help um for our listeners we'll be here uh same time uh, uh next week um we are going to be with uh, uh interviewing sophie plappert she's uh um, a fractional cfo so we're going to be talking about finance again accounting and financial planning for therapists so next tuesday 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern uh, on youtube and then it'll be on the podcast the following day as always so keep an eye out for that if you're on our email list you'll get a chance to submit questions ahead of time for sophie if you can't be here or you can just attend live and ask your questions so uh, jeff thanks again and we'll uh we'll, we'll talk to you soon all right thanks john for having me sure thing cheers